Uh, welcome back to the studios here at Triple H 100.1 FM. You're listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd and I'm super excited possibly not as excited as my guest, which is Fred Shibesta from Finder. Now, you are the founder of Finder. It's one of Australia's fastest growing and successful companies online. Tell me about your journey. Let me, let me start with, how do you go from having this really fab idea where you're thinking about, you know, what it is that you want to do and you go, I oh, know, we can do this. How do you take it from that to growth and obviously it's not an overnight success, but mm. how do you grow that and extend it out and, and become a successful company just from a just from an idea? You know, uh, I just wanted to say it's an absolute honor to be on your show and thanks so much everyone for listening because this is where it's at. Um, firstly, you know, I think when it comes down to ideas, um, I didn't have the whole vision of Finder in the beginning. It was merely um, what I wanted to do was create a... Um, I actually just wanted to rank number one in Google for the keyword credit card. Actually, that um, was your that was your ultimate goal. That was my first goal. Wow. Um, you know, and 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 let's take a step back. Where does that come from? Where does that idea come from? Like you don't just wake up in the morning and go, "Hey, let's go and do that." Um, that concept comes from seven years of mastering building websites, doing internet marketing. Um, perfecting and understanding Google and how it operates and for you to then come to the idea to say hey could we you know let's set a goal to go and rank number one for the keyword credit card and that's a, that's an interesting goal in and of itself right if you think about it from a life perspective if you're going along but I think what's also interesting then is the next question is okay if we want to rank number one in Google what are we going to put on that website so you know, and then again, if you go back in time and look at my, my, my past, a lot of the work I was doing around that time was around education. A lot of it was around teaching people how to do internet marketing. I would talk and I would consult and I would host little breakfasts and those kind of things. I would write a lot. Um, and so I thought, hey, maybe I could teach people about credit cards. Um, now, there, there wasn't actually that much information about credit cards out there um, on the internet when people were writing about balance transfers and freaking flyers and no annual fee. We actually wrote the first no annual fee credit card page in Australia. Oh, wow. No one had ever written that. Um, so, so, so what I'm trying to submit is the idea came from the mastery of my fundamental skills of building websites, marketing them, uh, uh, you know, doing SEO, um, and then just being a little bit curious, you know, to see, hey, uh, what would happen if we put a website up? That's a very interesting point of difference because um, I think we don't recognise as small businesses that we are masters of our craft. It's not certainly not a word we use very frequently and we absolutely should because um, larger companies, large corporations, they have many people that are the building blocks of this mastery and, and getting good at what they do. And everything that we do as small businesses, we hold in our heads and we need to be able to recognise that actually we are our masters of our craft. We are best at what we do best. And to take that and build a business out of that notion is a bit different to how other businesses take. I mean, most people would go, here's a problem that I think needs to be solved. Here's the product that I think needs to solve it. 
uh, and then I may build up my skills behind it or utilise the skills that I've got. But it's almost as though you saw the problem before it was a problem mm. because you recognised a gap in the education market. There mm. wasn't enough education out there. So you were writing, I'm presuming, blogs. I know that you worked for a little bit of Fairfax for a while and you were you're pr- submitting things like that. Um, and then the idea evolved from let's be number one for credit cards. But but how do you go from that idea, from being number one in Google? And I know you've talked about this obsession with being the top of Google a little bit. Where does that become a product that is viable and commercial? You know, I think um, so, so, so that idea... I think was a, you know, it was a fascinating idea and it's an intellectual study in and of itself. Um, but, you know, I, at the time I saw, um, and you can go back in time on the internet and actually have a look at our website and, and see the evolution of it. Um, you know, we just started writing about credit cards and there were, we made some deals with um, some credit card companies and said, hey, you know, if we bring you some credit card customers, would you pay us for that? They said, sure. Um, and I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. And then, Overseas at the time, there were a lot of models comparing things. And the idea of comparison on the internet is actually quite a strong idea. Um, it, it naturally works well with the internet. Um, and so the UK had started comparing things, I'd say, back in 19, 1996. Actually, comparing in Australia was actually done through the newspapers and magazines before that. So it, it was actually not a new idea. I think the, the difference part here is the combination of education with the comparison mixed together, and I think that was that was kind of a new idea. You know, now it's not so so new anymore. It's kind of kind of, but I think that was a was a combination of publishing um, content. It was about you know some technology around um, presenting this to customers, and I think the 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 it took us quite a while to evolve the actual product. Um, to being what it is today in that, you know, because at its core, it's like at the start, you're mainly focused on marketing and getting traffic and getting people to come in and you're not really as focused on the product itself. We spent many, many years, I'd say 2000 and uh, maybe 10 to 2015, we spent, you know, millions of dollars trying to build our product system and we're still re-engineering that right now. And I'd say Finder in and of itself only today has started to become a product and technology company and that's 10 years later. So, you know, and I think now, you know, we've launched this new app and I think that's a, it's a new way of comparing. So we've sort of re, we sort of disrupted ourselves and reinvented ourselves again, um, which is again, another fascinating idea. Um, but I think the, if I was to try and put a thread through that and, and, and what's instructive around that is the product you first make may not be the end product you're going to make. It's kind of a journey. It's a test to go and find that end state. And I think we've been um, running in beta for 10 years, um, you know, with our product. It's just constantly evolving and um, iterating upon, upon it. And when you look at the finder today, you know, you're not going to see that same finder in a you know six month, a year, twelve months time, you know, twenty four months time. It's 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 constantly in this evolution and beta mode where we're adapting. And then there are other times. So so I have this theory about innovation with your product that you and and this just comes from um, the late great uh, Clayton Christensen who passed away 
uh, actually in January, which is very sad. It's, he, he wrote a, a very famous book called The Innovator's Dilemma. Um, and it's, it's a model that we use where if you want to make big leaps, right? So, you know, if you go back in time, what's a, what is a big leap? I'll talk about the difference here of innovation. One is incremental innovation. The other one is a big leap. And incremental innovation is like, you remember the, I don't know if anyone remembers the first iPod. Yeah. First iPod was bulky and mm. big and heavy, you know, and the, and the buttons were kind of janky. Mm. And then there was the next model. It's like, ooh, the buttons, the buttons are a little bit better. And then the next model, oh, this is kind of nice. And they got better and better and better and better and in- incrementally. Now that idea actually came from Japanese companies. So if you go back in time, remember the Walkman, the very mm-hmm. first Walkman was bulky, and then the next one got a little slicker, and then the battery case got smaller, and then the, the whole box got a little tighter, and the headphones got nicer, and and this incremental, that's incremental innovation to me. Although I would say that in, in it's a great example because there was a, a slight leap in a different direction when you brought out the Sony Sports Walkman, which suddenly got all bulky again in a really ugly colour and was difficult and cumbersome, That's but true. it was cool. So I, I guess I hear what you're saying is that the evolution for even a small business in its innovation, and I think we need to remember that innovation is not always tech. Mm. You can evolve and you can innovate in ways that mean that your industry changes as a result of you. You can be a master of your craft and change things. And that incremental change is a form of innovation. Um, and so would you say that the, the journey of Finder has been incremental or have you suddenly taken leaps or bounds or has there been a combination of both? So if you go back in time, actually Finder was was an innovate, like a, a leap in innovation from our f- previous company where we were building other people's websites mm. and then we started building our own websites and now what we've gotten and done um, just recently is to, we obviously expanded overseas and that's, I, I don't know if that's an innovation, it's more an expansion um, but we've set up Finder Ventures and Finder Ventures has, um, you know, we've, we've, we've incubated this new application um, where it automatically compares for you, which is a, quite a big leap, right, in, 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 in technology. Um, but, you know, let, let's, I think your point is right. It's not so much that we innovated a technology. It was that we started to focus on technology. Mm. And, and, and just like, you know, before that, I think we were innovating our processes. We were innovating our marketing and our PR and our... Constantly you know, tweaking right, mm, and, and making improvements. That's right. It doesn't have to always be in technology. Um, you know, you, you can come up with a great advertising, you know, the Finder jingle and its ads and things like that was, was kind of, I'd say that's an evolution and that's evolved over many years. You can look at the actual first ad... Um, for that, and it was definitely not as slick as it is today. Um, but that, that to me as well is 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 a is a is a is innovation. Even as a even as a jingle, I want people who are listening today to have a, a stop and think um, about your evolution. Maybe plot your um, changes and your innovations on a timeline for your own business. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you haven't changed businesses or changed ideas, but have a think of the evolution of what your small business has done. And then have a think, is that because you've been innovating gradually or there's been different leaps or bounds or a complete pivot and a change of direction? Maybe that's a a nice takeaway from what we've been talking about. Fred, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. And when we come back after these community service announcements, I want to talk to you about this concept which you have, which is building a business or are you exercising a tactic? We're going to talk some more about that. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this. 
So today on Small Biz Matters, we're very um, gracious and happy to be welcoming Fred Shibesta, who is the founder of Finder. We've been talking before the break about that evolution of an idea, the concept of innovation and whether or not you grow, I guess, in fits and spurts or if that innovation that you're taking is in slow and incremental. I wanted to ask Fred now about this concept, which he does talk about a little bit when he does his talks. Uh, this concept of, and I'm going to use quote marks here, building a business or exercising a tactic. Mm. Why is it important for all small business owners, whatever iteration they're in, to be aware of this concept of growth? Fred? Yeah, so I think, um, well, I guess the story I'd share for this is, um, you know, we, we executed a, some very aggressive Google search engine optimization and we got penalized by Google and, 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 and we pushed a tactic probably too far. And there's a ninja saw that, ha- that hangs on our you know, reception area to remind us about this and when we pushed it too far. Hang uh, on, Google didn't come at you with a ninja saw, did they? Well, not this time, no. We got into <laughs> Google jail, but... Oh, really? It, it was, yeah. No, it what was, does that involve? Just you're it, blocked? Well, you lose 200 rankings of all your rankings. So you lose Ouch. sort of 80% of your traffic. Oh, overnight. What is it? Almost like a penal? Like it's a penalty system. It's a penalty, yeah. Wow, I didn't even know they had that power. That's really scary. It is very scary. So, what do you? When you said you pushed the envelope, it meant that you, you kind of rorted the system a little bit too successfully, and they went, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you can't do that." Yet, yeah, you know, I think that um, the core of that is we found a tactic, and. Which just pushed it way too far. It, it's it's like, you know, if I was to get very topical, and this is a little bit tangential, but I could imagine there are a lot of internet marketers right now that are, you know, building virus websites and you know pushing it and marketing it aggressively right now, and they're getting banned and they've put all this, sunk all this money. That's a tactic, right? Mm. That's a short term thing. And what I what I what I learned from that, and I think what's what we took as a as a business and what we evolved towards is said instead of just building a, a company of tactics, build an actual business. And 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 I think, what does that mean? And like, what is what is what is what is a what is a business, and what can you defend behind? And um, I think there are several things. One is a brand, so you stand for something. Um, and a brand really to me is just a, is, a, is a standard of quality. Mm. If you just raise your quality, you raise your brand. And your credibility as well, that branding and standing behind it. I like that concept, yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, proprietary technology. So if you develop something um, that other people don't have, and that can also be um, a method that doesn't have to involve technology or something that's proprietary, that the way you do it, it's different to everyone else. You know, um, I love a little, there's a, little, there's a burger shop called Five Guys Burgers and Fries. I just came back from New York. And when they give you your fries, they, they put it in the bag, but then they go and get another scoop and they tip some fries in so it <gasps> spills over the side. Which we all love because we all love the uh, fries at the bottom of the bag. Exactly. How clever. And so they do it on purpose, right? So that's proprietary, little bumps for the customer. Um, you know, you can, a network effect is another um, way you can defend. So that's where, you know, uh, chat systems or um, PayPal or, you know, if everyone's using, um, you know, Skype, then everyone needs to download Skype because you need to speak to each other. You know, that's how those kind of things grow. And that's a, that's a, that's a very defensible thing um, to use. But these are the kind of things that you want to use. This is called building a business. And 
And so you can still do tactics and marketing tactics. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't make that the centerpiece of relying on your entire company. And and this was the moment really when we went from being called credit card finder to finder.com.au. And that, that was that was when we wanted to become a brand. Mm, and I guess that that's interesting because you, you almost became a little bit um, obsessed with the idea of taking on the system and you forgot that you were actually building a business. Now, fast-paced growth is something I'm sure that you've experienced. And at some stage in our small business journeys, if we're successful, there's going to be a moment where things explode, they get away from you, the horse bolts. What would be some really good practical strategies that you could give um, those businesses out there who are listening on how to handle that growth, that fast-paced growth, and avoiding burnout as a founder, but also burning out your team? You know, I actually have a uh, a bit of a shocking rule around this is that I actually encourage myself to burn out at least once or twice every quarter um, on purpose as you see it as a tactic um, Is that because you're leading from the front and you're expecting your team to do the same? Um, I, I think it's when you find your flow which is kind of like it's not it doesn't happen all the time right so when you find you know, you're going along and you feel bumbling around, but then when you find something where you just hit it and you're just so productive, those moments don't come often. And I instead go and just like drain the well. I like go all out and I use all my energy and everything I've got in those moments. Yeah, like you're on a roll and you're, you're sort of like you've got the eye of the tiger playing in the background and right. you just want to keep going because you don't want to lose that momentum. And, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I unbalance on purpose. And... And so, so, so my, my sort of format is more of like a lion. So I, I go and hunt for like two weeks or, you know, and I'm like really aggressively hunting. And then I wipe out and I'm a bit like flowery and I rest for a week. <laughs> and then I, I was go going to say, what does wipe out mean? Does it just mean you just get sick and you, you fall over and you just, or you just become totally exhausted and you go, I'm just going to go to bed for um, a few days? Or it is just it- means that, you know, I, I'll um, sleep a little earlier. Uh-huh. Um, I'll exercise. I'll you know, try and eat some relatively healthy foods. Although for me, and I have this other rule around food, and everyone's so into this food thing and all that stuff. I eat burgers and chips because it makes me happy. <laughs> like, like if you're, if, don't, don't eat it every day, but just like if you enjoy something and, and you want to bring back that balance. So no ancient grains for you? No, no. there are no ancient you just like, You just eat to make yourself feel happy. And I like that idea. It's it's like you're rewarding yourself for the hard work. And occasionally that might throw a little bit out of balance. You're like, okay, I need to eat some more fruit and vegetables. But burgers sure. and chips, sure, if that works for you. Every now and then, you know, it doesn't mean I like eat that all the time, but, mm. you know, have some Chinese food, have some, you know, like have a milkshake. Like milkshakes are great. I haven't had a milkshake in so long. They're so good. Do you know what milkshakes? So I have this theory, I'm just going to share something else, that most businesses don't realize the actual job that the customer is actually solving from the business. So, so customers rent products to get a job done. That's, that's, that's my theory. Milkshakes are actually rented, I believe, for long journeys on the road because they last a long time. So you, it's not like a, a soda. Soda is like kind of quick and done. Mm. Whereas a milkshake, because you're on a long drive, mm. it's a nice, long, enduring drink great to have a milkshake on the road. So that's your idea of, of, of a slow food, of a slow, slow release, high, what's that word? High octane? No, wrong word. Um, high GI. <laughs> your high GI food is a milkshake. I love it. So with this growth, um, other than looking after yourself uh, and your, your top tip would be 
um, you know, a- allow yourself those those moments of happiness <laughs> through food and, and reward yourself. And sometimes it's okay to go really hard. Mm. But how do you avoid, um, I guess, dragging along your team once you've got a team in place and them not feeling as though they have to behave in the same way? Because you could risk run the risk of actually causing some harm there. How do they? How do you find that balance between them doing a certain task and you going crazy because it's your business? And you know, you know, I think um, the key is to just establish some expectations and just write them down um, and say, look, here is the goal and what we're trying to get to. Um, and and I actually openly say I'm not going to hold your hand, so you're responsible. You know, and if you you don't feel comfortable about that, I'm not sure. That's not the kind of people that. I tend to work with them in my organization. Um, but I don't think anyone's expected to work like me and I don't expect anyone to work like me at all. I expect people to work like how best they work. Um, so one of the rules of Finder is there's no dress code. Um, and there's a very specific reason for that is that I don't believe it's about how you look. Yes, look, how you look is an expression of yourself and I think that's very beautiful and those kind of things. But And, and, and there is some some some... I think something to that, but it's not about how you look. It's not about, you know, where you've come from or what your past has been or anything like that. It's about the results you get and the way you do that and the way you do you, that's awesome. And I celebrate that. So I think when people see me, I think they, they see someone who's kind of different doing it differently. They're like, well, that's pretty out there and kind of different. I'm like, yeah, but that's just the way I, I get my stuff done. And so people look at themselves and they go, well, how do I get my stuff done? And I celebrate and I encourage that. And 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 I think that's just always how I've always been. Um, I'm not sure where that comes from. I can't, I can't, I don't know where exactly, but I just think it's about celebrating people's differences. And um, yeah, I think it's beautiful. So to that end, when you are hiring and you're looking at that HR side, do you do it yourselves? Um, do you and Frank do all of the hiring and you look for those interesting, different people who are going to offer something different to your company? I mean, how do you um, tick those boxes to ensure that people are going to do what you're hoping they will achieve in that role and then still find the right amount of talent? Or are you finding that the word finder.com.au is simply bringing the right talent because you've got to that position? So, so, so... Let's let's take a let me just give you a bit of a perspective. We have an extremely tough time recruiting at Finder in the really? US or the UK. Oh, okay, different um, and, from and Australia. Canada. So we're constantly reminded of the challenge in Australia. In the beginning, it was much harder, and now it's obviously a little bit easier. Yes. Why? Why is it easier in Australia than it is overseas to re- to find well, that talent? I just think it's 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 uh, so. There's two things. I think there's a, sort of a brand to some extent around the business, so people. You know, they they like. I think it has the the mum and mum and dad effect. You know, you can tell your mum and dad where you work, and they know <laughs> what's going, what it is. Um, that's one part. But there's a second part. Um, and 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 when I I when I went to the US, um, one of the things that really affected me when I realised was when people make a decision to come and work with you. That's a that's actually not just a career risk. That's a life risk. Why? Because if you lose your job in the United States of America, you go very, very quickly to the bottom. It's, there's no safety net. Yeah. And when I, when I understood that and I experienced that and I felt that, I, 
I was just I just realized the people that have joined us on the journey in Australia. Yes, the, the fall is not as bad in Australia, but still, the the life decisions that people make to come and join Finder, I'm just so grateful and respectful. I'm just so happy that people come every day to, to all to, to the business every day all around the world. It's just I'm just I feel just honored that that they, they would do that. Um, how do you, in a practical sense, make them feel as though they're welcome and, and part of the team in that way? Because obviously that's your ethos and, and you have that belief. But then how do you, on a day-to-day basis, make them feel as though they're, they're valued in your company? What's some practical suggestions there? So I, I read a book called The Five Languages of Love. <laughs> Did you? I'm sorry. As a 44-year-old as a woman, I find that very amusing that you would re- read that. But yes, what's that got to do with running a business? So, so people... Um, feel love uh, in in five different ways um, through gifts, um, quality time, acts of service, and so what I thought was, well, the the company is a person in and of itself. If if it was a person and people experience it like that, because humans turn everything into a person, you know, we turn a rock into a person, we turn a beanbag into a person, right? Yeah. So so the company is, if you imagine, it's a person. So I thought, well, how can the company share and give love to everyone? Because that's what ultimately you want to feel. Um, and so one of the ways is we started a lunch program. So every day we feed everyone in our business all around the world every day. Um, and for, we do breakfast as well. Um, because we want uh, – that's, that's a gift. And that's an act of uh, – that's, that's one of the la- love languages. And some people experience that as love. Others don't experience that as love. And that's okay. You know, and then I think there's quality time. So I try and spend quality time with individuals um, as – best as I possibly can. It's not that easy to get around to, you know, I think there's 300 people now in Finder, but it's it's as best I possibly can. Where I can, I spend just trying to give people, you know, quality time. And I encourage our managers and our, our crew to do this um, um, as best as best they can. Um, but, but, you know, you, you re- that book has a, you know, it's a, it, there's a relationship between the person and the company. And if the company, you know, I believe... You know, to be a great, this is is unusual advice, I suppose, but to be a great lover, love is like bread. You got to make it every day. It goes off real quick. And so you got to keep, like, keep putting out love. And that's how you make a great relationship, right? So the company needs to keep doing that as well. And, and, and that's where that, that my sort of ethos, I guess, comes from is um, I want people to feel loved in the company. And I want the company to, 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 to know, um, I guess, to, 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 to ensure that the crew feel that it cares. Well, there's certainly some really great practical strategies and something that every small business can implement, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to your library of knowledge coming from all these books that you're reading as well, Fred. You're listening to Small Biz Matters. We're going to go to a quick community service announcement. When we come back after the break, I want to talk to Fred about his anti-unicorn stance. You're listening to Small Biz Matters. We'll be back after this. And you are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. This is Small Biz Matters on your local community radio station and across the community radio network. I am speaking with the Finder founder, 
Fred Shibesta. Fred, Fred, I've been I've been waiting to say that on air for so long. Find a founder. It's got such a it's got such a great ring to it. Now, if you've missed any of today's programs so far, you can of course catch up via iTunes and via Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And there's over 150 fantastic educational podcasts just like this one with a variety of heads of industry and politicians. We also regularly interview the ATO, and there's lots of great small business education. If you think we've missed anything please get in touch via smallbizmatters.com.au and let us know a topic that you would like us to cover. We'll bring in an expert and we'll have a chat, which is exactly what we're doing today with Fred. Now, Fred, you have this interesting concept which you speak quite a lot about, which is you don't believe in unicorns. And I, I'm sorry to Abigail, my 12-year-old daughter, but he doesn't believe in unicorns. You believe in phoenixes. Can you explain that difference um, to small business listeners out there? Yeah, so I think there's been this... Uh, very big um, focus on becoming a, a unicorn company or a billion dollar company very quickly overnight, um, and 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 that's that's cool, and I and I get that. You know, I've seen graphs of I think there was a an app called SUP, like S U P, and all it all it did was it just sent you the word SUP, and Sorry? you said that that was it, and they had you know they got you know, 10 million downloads and all these people sign up and then six months later, no one used it anymore. Well, of course, because it was what you were talking about before. It's not a business. It's just a concept. Right. And I think, you know, I think there are a lot of companies that there's all the, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of um, uh, fervor around some you know, some ideas that are maybe an, an idea which is quite cool, but I, I don't think that's a great company. I think that's a, that's a good company. To, go, to become a great company is one that does something really good and then it kind of tapers off, right? It becomes boring again. Things mm. become uh, are like weird and then they become exciting and then they become boring. That's just, unfortunately, that's the way humans have, have, have evolved. Um, and so when you get to the boring part, can you reinvent yourself to become relevant and interesting and exciting again? And that's to me, that's, that's like, you know, companies like Sony. Sony was making RAM, then it made a Walkman. Then it made TVs and then it made phones and then it made um, the PlayStation. Like that's a reinvention mm. of... Of, you know, to go from making a Walkman to a PlayStation has nothing to do with itself. Like, they are completely two different concepts. And and I have so much admiration and respect for those. That, that to me is a phoenix. Someone, a company which constantly is recreating itself and making itself stronger. And that's what I, that's what I want Finder to be, is, is a business which understands and, um, in, I guess, it almost immortalizes itself to become great you know I, I guess the way i see finder is you know one day Finder's not going to be around and we're just trying to prolong that for as long as possible and one way to do that is to constantly reinvent ourselves um, like beyonce oh that's awesome what a great idea but she's not exactly a phoenix she's kind of just she's the lion you were speaking of the lion earlier. I mean, but that's true. It's that constant reinvention of oneself. But it, it's an important... How do you recognise when something that you're doing, whatever it is that you do, is not working? 
and then you have to do go through that reinvention process. Mm. Do you, is that a, a just a humbling exercise? Is it a matter of reading small books, or how do you recognise that something's not working and you've got to pivot? So, so I think the, the there are two things that you can, you know, one is to, um, you know, look at your graphs and you'll start to see them plateau. Mm. Are you talking about those financial graphs, those numbers, or you know, the, just the, stuff? the key metrics that you look at? Yeah. Um, financial graphs um, are, are, are one of those things, but financial graphs also can't, can also not represent necessarily the underlying what's going on. It's 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 those core metrics that drive your business, um, and I, and every business is different. It's, it's hard for me to you know pinpoint that, but then there's a third third thing where you're just not interesting anymore. So when you go and explain your business, it's kind of a downer. Mm. And Maybe they're just not that into you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But I think I, I genuinely think it comes to a point where, you know, you, you're, you're not newsworthy. You're not, um, you know, and, and the fund has gone through this many times. You know, we're, we were just, for a while there, we weren't interesting. And then we got into cryptocurrency and, and everyone wanted to know about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and those kind of things. Mm. And now... You know, then we're all like, okay, well, that's kind of, you know, that, that's kind of become mainstream. It's boring now. And now we've reinvented ourselves. I mean, we're, we're talking about open banking. We're talking about fintech. We're talking about, um, you know, the future of banking and, and money and those kind of things. And that's become interesting again. And, you know, that's when those are the moments where, you know, you need to go and recreate yourself. Mm. And, 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 and I think then, you know, to some extent, those are kind of, um, you know, uh, hygiene factors you can sort of look at in, in your company. And then I think it's always good to have a third party and just say, you know, um, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of, what do you think of my business? Is that a mentor? Is that what you sort of see that person as? Or could that be a colleague in the industry and you bounce ideas off one another? So, uh, you know, I, I, mentors are great. I, I, I just never gravitated towards a mentor, unfortunately, or I, I think maybe I just haven't found the right one. Mm. I've had different ones through books and, and those kind of things over time. I think another one is to go and have a lunch with a customer. Oh, and just go. You know, we, we invite customers in and we you know put on a little lunch. We just go. You know, how do you manage your money? And what do you think of Finder? Like, really, what do you think of this site? You know, what's what's your experience? What's your first view? What do you expect? What are we not doing? You know, and just raw when that when a customer says. Well, it's kind of boring. You're like, huh, okay. That feedback could be crushing. But at the same time, you can go, well, actually, I could kind of understand relatively in the person's life, you know, or it's, it's, it's you know, why don't you use Finder? Oh, I just can't be bothered. That's actually very fair feedback. And really what it is, it's a great opportunity because it's like, how can I turn, uh, how can I recreate our business to be less difficult? And in your opinion, is it always best to do that face-to-face and do it really in a one-on-one atmosphere where you're having a chat with one another? You're going to get more, I guess, out of the body language and what they're explaining and they're going to feel more comfortable telling you rather than just doing a survey online. 100%. And the ultimate is when you, if you can get the customer in their natural environment when where they use your product. So so you're just sitting in the, in, you know, it's, you know, 9.15 and the kids have gone to bed and... Um, that's the time when, you know, you check the finances or, and it's on a Thursday. That's when you always do that. You always go and pay the bills that time. Hey, 
cool, can we come and see how you use your product? You know, and 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 we'll watch and go. Oh, that's oh wow! You use it like that. Oh, that's oh I can see now. What, oh my goodness! You know, <laughs> and you're sitting there like oh wow, okay, oh goodness! You know, you know, you just it's just like you're hitting every branch on the tree on the way down, right? <laughs> and, you know, and 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 that's that's when you go, huh? You know, awesome. We've got some great stuff to do, but then. It also, if you can, this is the hard one, is if you can in that moment like meta up a bit and just look about what is going on, like what is the customer trying to get done, that's the opportunity where you can either reinvent your product or incrementally improve it. It sounds to me like you need to have quite a lot of empathy when you're sitting there watching people but also be able to take that step back uh, and, you know... uh, stand at arm's length and not feel because it's your baby not feel as though they're being critical but actually trying to be quite constructive fred we've come to the top of the hour and we've learned so much from you for coming on small biz matters with alexi boyd today tell us a little bit about how people can find out about finder you know um i obviously there's finder.com.au and you can sing it as well <laughs> um and we we have a um a disruptors club as well on LinkedIn, which, you know, that's where I participate and you get to see my stuff before anyone else does there. Um, and I, I just, the only last thing, we would love feedback on our new app. We're working really hard to help people better their financial situation and and become more financially literate with this app every day. It's it's on the App Store. It's on the Google Play Store. You just type in, you know, finder.com.au or finder and you, you, you'll locate it. Um, I would, you know, Please send me feedback. We're, we're really trying to make a great product um, for, for Australians. Awesome. Look, thank you so much, Fred, for coming to Small Biz Matters today. If you've missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, where there are over 150 small business education podcasts, just like this one. And you can get in touch and subscribe to our newsletter at smallbizmatters.com.au to find out who's coming up on the show. You've been listening to smallbizmatters.com.au. And we're on Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back next week with another great guest. Thanks for listening.